September yeah. 11th. Uh, yeah. Day, lest we forget. Uh, it's I an remember. important date in our Very history. Very important date. Yeah, I, I remember uh, being at Heathrow Airport when the news came through. That, yeah. Um, Host Unknown had uh, released uh, another smash hit called uh, Lost All the Money. Yeah, indeed. It was, uh, it was well, it was a breakthrough, actually. Yes, we had. Shit, we're going to have to do that again. I didn't know if I closed YouTube, it was going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, also, I when I pressed cut it off before it got to the chorus. Yeah, yeah, I know. But that—that's the way the mind fills in the gap. The people, who <laughs> before, they will continue it in their mind. Ah, <laughs> uh, screw it. Let's just get cracking. You're listening to the Host Unknown podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, Welcome to episode, what are we now, 22? Yeah, oh, 23. Episode 23. Yeah, thank God it's Friday. Do you know, I was talking to Graham Cluley, friend of the show the other day, and he said most podcasts finish after the seventh episode. That's the the biggest uh, drop-off. He said he was quite impressed that we had managed to continue it. Well, we've been running for five years. Well, exactly. Longer, longer than smashing security. <laughs> he also said that he listens to to the podcast on Friday nights to help him sleep. So, not quite sure how to take that, but there you go. <laughs> but uh, thank you for your patronage, uh, Graham. We appreciate it. Jav, how are you, sir? Fantastic. Thank you very much. Yeah, I understand you've been uh, putting the steps in this week. Yes. Um, for a, for a work thing. Yeah, so work, work has, uh, it's like a health kickoff in September. So Monday to Friday, if you want, you join a team of four colleagues and you, you record your steps every day. Um, and they ask, like, try to hit 10,000 a day. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, something like this, I, I read it and I think, oh, it's a challenge. Who can do the most steps? <laughs> so I've been getting in like 20, 25,000 steps a day. And wow, that's not bad what? for somebody who drives a desk. Yeah. And then are you uh, are you attaching it to a dog or something? I don't have a dog. No, no. I I've moved, in the office in the back. I've moved the treadmill in front of the TV. So every morning I've been getting up around between five and half five, and I've what? been hopping on the treadmill, putting on Netflix, and uh, just just going going. I, I don't run. Yeah, I, I'm not a runner, but I just like brisk walk for for a couple of hours. So I, I normally hit what I used to hit in a day. I hit in the first couple of hours in the morning. And one of the one of the guys in our company, he works for HR, and he's one of those crazy people that runs marathons and stuff like that. And on Monday, he posted his numbers. It was like forty two thousand and something. Bloody hell! And you know when you just a little bit of you dies inside. And then I was like, no, sod this. <laughs> so you day. Sorry. In a day, 42,000 in a day. He'd done 42,000 in a day. He went for a long run in the morning, like a 10, 20 mile run or something. He... Yeah, and, and also bear in mind, a good day at a security conference is about twenty to 25,000. Yeah. Not so, me. So... <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. why you're lawyer. Yeah. No, I mean, and... God, that's, that's how I ended up in one of your talks. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> by, not, <laughs> by not putting the steps in. I know. <laughs> That's why Andy lo- loved going to America because he could like get one of those segways to, to go around. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, he gets one of those um, sort of handicapped uh, scooters. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Uh, so, so what I ended up doing yesterday, I was like, I can't let anyone get more steps. I mean, take all the glory. So I, I got on the treadmill and I stayed on the treadmill for as long as I could. Done a bit of work. Anytime there was a call during the day, I wasn't turning on my video. I was just like jogging on the spot or whatever. And then at the end of the day, after I put the kids to bed about half nine, ten, <clears throat> I'd done another couple of hours and I, and I broke his record. I got about 43,000 steps in yesterday. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Well, that's um, so. I mean, my, uh, a friend of mine had a uh, serious injury, um, and he's uh, he's overweight anyway. Um, so let's say he had a bit of a. Uh, well, it's not. A, he has a drinking problem. Uh, just just full stop. He uh, he loves the booze, uh, and he loves eating as well uh, as a result of that booze. But uh, he had a serious leg injury and had to do um, a whole load of exercise for insurance purposes, um, and he had to wear a tracker. Uh, to, oh yeah, was in yeah. Uh, Singapore. But what he did, he um, gave it to his fifteen-year-old uh, boy, um, who then, like you know, wore it at school when he played football, when he was doing basketball, and all that sort of stuff. So uh, he, um, uh, you know, the, the activity, the, the obviously uh, the, the medical staff were very impressed with his keeping up his exercise regime, but they couldn't explain why he wasn't losing weight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So the advantage was his his insurance paid for everything. The disadvantage was that he was still cr- chronically obese and hadn't yeah. actually got any better whatsoever. Um, yeah, pretty much. Kind of a self owned there, really. But it, well, so just to let you know, his sort of mindset. He um, he was actually contemplating having his leg amputated. Um, just because it was easier. Yeah, so for the insurance as well. So he would have received a, a decent payout from the insurers. Wow. If he had his uh, leg amputated. He was thinking how many uh, vodka lost. tonics that would get him. Yeah, plus it would have um, you know, caused him to lose uh, some weight as well. In uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> I saw something on, on Twitter the other day. I think it, it, it was a... It's a comedian. He's a one-legged comedian. He's had his leg amputated. And he's on stage. Obviously, he's got like crutches um, rather than just hopping around all the all the time. But um, and he was saying that he's he's because he's American. His health insurance were, company were concerned about his BMI because he was he was chronically underweight for his height. Um, and it didn't matter that it was also on record that he'd had a leg amputated. He was still, according to them, chronically underweight. And they actually sent a specialist round. To it to his house to talk to him about it, you know, because for the whole insurance thing, and even the specialist said, "So why do you think uh, you, you're chronically un, you know, you're you're um, chronically underweight?" And he's like looking at this person, going, "Can you not see that I'm <laughs> missing a large chunk of my body here?" <laughs> but the computer says no. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, talking to computers saying no. Andy, how have you been this week? Uh, 
What's the link there? Are you, are you... I, I have no idea. I was okay. Like, <laughs> you don't question these things. You just think... Oh. <laughs> just let everyone else think there's some sort of inside joke where it, uh, it makes sense, right? Uh, <laughs> the, the joke is so inside it only makes sense in Tom's head. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that's what an in- inside joke meant. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, not uh, not not too bad. It's I uh, can't complain. I um, just talking of uh, all that exercise. I was taking the uh, my dog for a walk last night, and um, I saw my neighbour uh, speed walking down the road. <laughs> that's where you kind of pump. Your fists in front of you, isn't it, it? Yeah, exactly. So this was honestly like the uh, the I, I thought that was a joke. I thought you know it was like this thing you saw on TV, like with people elbows high, sort of swinging in front. And uh, I saw this guy out the corner of my eye on the other side of the road walking down, uh, and I realised it's my next door neighbour. <laughs> he's constantly checking his watch. Uh, I'm guessing he's there, pulse or something. Um, but yeah, just went straight past and then. He, he wanted to hit forty-four thousand steps, probably. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was funny. Like you know, not that I speak to him often anyway, but uh, no. I certainly didn't speak to him last night either. Yeah. So, so, sounded like he was, you know, punching an invisible person in front of him. Are, are you yeah. going to join him, Andy? Not a speedwalker. I'll be honest, Jeff. I'm built for comfort, not speed. Yeah, uh, you, it reminds you of this old episode of Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, it just and um, the dad, who, who, uh, what's his name, Heisenberg, <laughs> Brian Cranston. <laughs> Brian yeah. Cranston. Yeah, he he gets into speedwalk, and it just escalates where he starts walking, then he gets more competitive, and then by the end, he's got those those streamlined helmets, and he's got the whole lycra outfit. Oh, that's and... <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I do remember that one. Yeah, and this one guy, he speed walks faster than he can't, and he and he films him, and in slow motion, he says, "Aha!" Every third step, he actually takes both feet off the ground. So it's like. I think that's one of the rules in speed walking. So unlike running, yeah. one of your feet has to be on the ground at all times. No, both. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So um, because walking is a um, an Olympic sport, isn't it? It is. Yeah, they all yeah. run walk like they've got cramps in their stomach. Yeah, yeah, and like their hips are dislocated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very bizarre. Wait, very bizarre. what? It's an Olympic sport, did you say? Yeah, have, yeah. You, have you never seen it? It's like at the the whatever. It's a long over long distance. It's a walk thing. No. <laughs> it's quite slow, you know, compared to the you know watching uh, Usain Bolt, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Usain yeah. Bolt? Out out of I think it's something like the last fifteen people who've broken the hundred meter sprint record. 14 of them at some point in their sort of careers have been uh, banned for drug taking, as in, you know, uh, enhanced drug, um, performance enhancing drugs. Right. Only one of them hasn't, and that but that's the same bolt. Right. He's the only one who's not had any kind of, um, you know, uh, score against him. Controversy. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah. Definitely. So he's either very, very clean or, or you know, almost really Lance Armstrong. Yeah, <laughs> Lance Armstrong clever. Well, not, not so clever in the end. Ah, well, anyway, so um, what have we got for you this week? Let's see what the show notes say we've got. Well, unsurprisingly, in first spot, we've got a tweet of the week. Billy Big Balls, uh, rant of the week. Uh, will we have a little people today, Jeff? Uh, to be decided. To be seen. Let, let's not ruin the surprise. Let's get <laughs> okay. hanging on. 
to the yeah. end because I know that's the only reason they joined the show. Indeed, indeed. So that'll be a no then. So uh, uh, fine, no problems. But oh, talking about this, your Billy Big Balls last week, Jav, about the person who went into the shop and pretended to be a cashier. Yeah. That reminded me of, of two stories. Well, it reminds me of one, and my mother told me about another one. Um, so the one my mother told me about was like in the sort of 70s or 80s. Um, these two guys walked into Harrods during their sort of New Year sale period or something like that when it was really, really busy. They walked in there with a till, a shopping till, found a spare space, set up, and basically took money from everybody. It was a cash-only thing. Took money for everybody for all the stuff they, they they were buying. And then at the end of the day, walked out. Genius. And um, and the other one, the one that I was reminded of, was uh, Bristol Zoo. Um, and Bristol Zoo, you know, there's not much parking around it, etc. And there's a there's a, like a strip of sort of dead land, as it were, that that's for about twenty years had been used as parking and as a an old boy used to walk around and, you know, take your money, give you a ticket to put in the window, etc. And this went on for a couple of decades. Um, <clears throat> it was quite close to outside the zoo. And then one day he just didn't turn up. And people were going to the zoo and saying, look, we tried to pay for parking, but the guy who normally <laughs> takes money isn't there anymore. And they went, oh, well, he's not one of ours. We'll look into it. So they phoned the council and said, where's your man? And they said, we haven't got a man. <laughs> we thought it was yours. Turns out this, this boy had just been taking money for the last 20 years to park on this land that was owned by, you know, someone, but not him. <laughs> and then when he made his money, he just upped and left. Genius. <laughs> Genius. Genius. So that's, that's, I think they call that chaotic neutral, don't they? Is yeah. That, is that? Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Do you remember uh, that program called The Real Hustle? Yes. Mm. Um, you also do some fantastic things they do. And I remember uh, one where they pitched up in a uh, shopping centre and, you know, at Christmas time, did a gift wrapping service. Um, and we, you literally just turned up. It was free gift wrapping. That was the thing. So, yeah. you know, you, you turned up, you left your presents, uh, you know, told, given a ticket, told to come back in a couple of hours. Uh, and all they were doing was just opening the presents, see what they were, and then uh, taking out all the good stuff, then just uh, disappeared. <laughs> People going back with iPad boxes full of bricks and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, classic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Classic so sometimes the ballsier it is, the the more people fall for it. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. it. It's because people just aren't expecting it. They're not looking at. You, you think it's so ridiculous? Why would anyone try it? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, shall we? Shall we move on? Let's I think it. we shall. Let's move on to this week's. Tweet of the week. Smooth. Do you know what? Smooth. I, sw- I thought so. And do you know what? I said that to Graham earlier this week. I said, hey, the jingles are getting much smoother. And there was this awkward silence at the end. <laughs> and then he laughed and said, anyway, let's uh, talk about... <laughs> so- <laughs> yeah, thanks, Graham. I, um, you know, I, I was feeling good about myself until then. And then... Then the anxiety hit home, but hey, so hopefully uh, I'll keep up to scratch this week. Although so far it's um, it's <laughs> signs are not put, uh, looking good. Anyway, tweet of the week. Uh, this is me. So there was um, a tweet. I think it was late last week actually, but um, 
uh, or was it early this week? I can't even remember anymore. I think it was this week. Uh, oh no, that's right. It was you Sunday raised it this week. Yeah, yeah. It actually came out on Sunday. That's right. Uh, and it was a Forbes article talking about the Stan Army or the uh, BTS, basically the BTS fans, the the, the K-pop, the, the South Korean pop fans, who um, kind of have self-identified uh, as a um, a power for good, as it were. They they um, right. they they're they're massive fans of. And I don't even know the names of these bands, but you know the Korean pop bands, BTS I think is one of them. Uh, massive fans, and they get together online, and they um, these um, pop stars they also have uh, you know to celebrate their birthday. So one, for instance, one of them's have had a birthday recently. Built a web web page to um, collect money for charitable causes and stuff like that. So, but they're 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 known for basically loving K-pop being fanatical about it right. and for sort of working together for good causes and all that sort of stuff, but also in a virtual world globally. And um, um, the article uh, by Davey Winder was basically saying, should we be concerned about the Stan army, as they're known, um, named after uh, Eminem's song Stan, you know, as the fanatical fan. Uh, although I think Stan Army is a little bit of a derogatory term to them, but yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Anyway, so <clears throat> we were asked for media quotes. So as, as Jav knows, you know, you get these things and you get given like twelve hours to reply to them. And I was asked to, you know, should should um, you know, is the Stan Army a risk to you know to, for cyber security? Should we be concerned about it? And so I I supplied you know about seventeen paragraphs and had one quote in the entire thing, but you know. Um, as we all know, that's how it goes. Tom, you realise he asked you for a quote. He didn't ask you to write the article for him. <laughs> no. no. He actually asked four different questions, I think. So um, so I, I just replied to those four different questions. Um, anyway, he thanked me. He said it was useful. Um, and, um, yeah, so I, I said that basically um, any large group of people we need to be, you know, that that can sort of mobilise um, remotely or virtually, whichever way you want to look at it, uh, we should be cautious of because, you know, even if they are well-intentioned themselves, the fact that they they may be, you know, egged on by uh, either a member of the band unintentionally, so maybe they lost a sponsor or something like that, or even they could be, you know, their... their um, actions could be hijacked you know for malicious purposes so somebody could pretend to be one of these you know uh, uh pop stars and and ask the fans to do something like doxing someone or the uh, you know um ddosing them or, or or whatever um and so you know like every threat out there we have to we have to be aware of it and we you know we need to be you know knew, know who's going out there uh and let's face it that's where you know anonymous started from i think it was originally against the um church of scientology was you know they they um felt that they they were the church of scientology were being dicks about something you know uh, uh suing far too many people etc um and so they started to to attack them so they, they ostensibly came about for a in, in inverted commas good cause but then went on to, um, you know, they built the uh, Loic tools, you know, the low orbit ion yeah. cannon, oh, yes. uh, DDoS tool, etc. 
Um, and as a result, got hundreds, uh, possibly thousands globally, but, you know, a bunch of people arrested around the world. And we're talking, you know, middle-aged people, housewives, professionals, uh, students, everybody arrested for actually um, committing a, a crime of attacking companies, you know, DDoSing and all that sort of stuff. And so, you know, from what were ostensibly uh, non-malicious starts, um, it could easily be turned into something that becomes quite malicious. And, you know, there's no different, no different from that. Uh, there's no difference to the Stan Army. What really surprised me, though, was the number of responses to the article um, from members of the Stan Army basically saying, we're not going to be manipulated. We know who we are. We are a nice bunch of people. Um, so one, I was surprised that they read an article in Forbes, you know, based on cybersecurity. And two, I thought it was interesting that probably 75% of it disagreed entirely and said that we would never be manipulated. You know, we're just a force for good, you know, if nothing else. Uh, and then a small proportion of people said that they actually enjoyed the article. So I thought it was a really interesting insight into um, how, you know, what, what, what we should be looking at from a, from a risk perspective. Um, and then it opened up to some of the cybersecurity folks, um, but only after, at least in my, my realms, but only after I sort of um, tweeted about this response, who basically said, very often we don't, care, we don't care about attribution and who it comes from. We just care about the threat. And that is really what it comes down to. So I don't know. I just found it a really interesting week reading through all of these uh, comments. In fact, it was probably one of the biggest responses I've had to anything on Twitter uh, that's had my name attached to it. So it was quite a fascinating uh, insight. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is that this thing is is not unique. Uh, like, like you rightly said, it's been around for a while. Uh, mm. I, I think the, the two things that come to mind is one is like, People can still be with the best intentions and not be manipulated. But that's the whole thing about manipulation. You don't actually know that you're being manipulated when you're being manipulated. It's not yeah. after the fact that you look back and think, ah, yeah, all those warning signs were there. He was Kaiser Soze. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But aside from that, what's really uh, perhaps deserves more attention is when you have, uh, not naming any names, but you would have certain world leaders who have access to social media, and yes. then they start hurling accusations towards people and groups or what have you, and then they mobilise a very, very different kind of response, and that's really, really dangerous. It was interesting. One of the commenters said, you know, why are cybersecurity professionals worried about, you know, us? We're not going to do anything wrong, etc." Why isn't why aren't you talking more about Donald Trump and you know the power he wields over social media, and and so I I actually that was the one I, the only one I replied to and I said that's because the orange buffoon is already in our risk models, <laughs> you know so, but yeah, yeah it's very that's true. That's uh, secondary screening for uh, Mr. Langford. Yeah. <laughs> if if only we had listeners of that, you know, who were able to influence things at that level. <laughs> oh dear. So yes, that uh, was uh, this week's tweet of the week. That sounded more like a rant of the week, but go on, I'll give you that. It's a tweet. Of the week. <laughs> yeah, but but. 
So, it originated from a tweet, I guess. There is a... It originated from a tweet, and I think I've had the rant of the week forever. Because <laughs> because I think when I'm even when I'm just passionate about something, it just sounds like I'm ranting. Yeah. So and, and, that, and also that Brian, and... blessed voice of yours, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Two arms, guns alive. <laughs> and anyway, Andy had rant of the week this week. Yeah. Every one of Tom's ex-girlfriend, he gets very ranty when he gets passionate. <laughs> Every one of my ex-girlfriends. Yeah. Don't say that just yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's been finalised yet. Okay. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, oh, I know what we can uh, listen to now. You're listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. More fun than a security vendor's briefing. I tell you what, I'm glad that's in the show notes. I'd have forgotten to play that otherwise. <laughs> show notes hold on you guys have notes <laughs> yeah we're not naturally this bad <laughs> i tell you what let's let me yeah saying jav uh, no andy and tom take the piss out of jav and jav pretends to laugh and like <laughs> oh so you have got the show notes <laughs> oh dear as if it was that scripted <laughs> Oh dear. Right, I tell you what, let's move straight on now to you, Jav, and this week's Billy Big Balls of the Week. See whether we actually read his own story this week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, give me 30 seconds. (laughs) It's so this ties into what you were saying earlier in the show, uh, Tom, about how these scams take place and they, they are affected because people just don't expect it. Like how could anyone be so ballsy that, you know, to set up like a fake till in, in a stop in a shop or a free gift wrapping service. And this is along the same lines. It's two Nigerian men. Wow. What a cliche there have been arrested for allegedly scamming a German state. So the German state wanted to buy some PPE and they were looking at this Dutch website, a Dutch provider. And what these two Nigerian gentlemen done, they cloned the website of the Dutch company. Uh, that's all the details that are there. So I assume they, they picked a lookalike domain or something, what have you. Uh, and they took a, a, the order off a, about £2 million for PPE and, and they got a runner. <laughs> And uh, after a few weeks, the, the Germans are sitting down saying, hey, our PPP ha- hasn't arrived. Maybe we should go go check. And so one of the uh, the German state employees, he got on a plane or what have you, uh, went over to, to, to the company and said, hey, we look at this. We, we placed this order. You haven't delivered yet. And they're like, well, we've never heard of you before. We've never done business with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that kicked off a uh, uh, an investigation, and the two suspects were arrested in Lagos. Lagos, 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 Lagos. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, not in Denmark. No, no, it's in uh, it's in uh, Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought it was so. I mean, it's it's so ballsy. Like you just take a. A website you clone it and say yes we'll take your payments but also i'm really surprised in the germans who were buying that 
They didn't do their diligence. They didn't do any due diligence. I mean, it's not like you're ordering a, a raspberry pie from a from a, or, or backing a Kickstarter <laughs> for like thirty quid or something. You're you're spending two million pounds. You want to kind of like maybe get on the phone call, phone with someone, maybe do some review checks, uh, check their their reviews on Glassdoor, all that kind of stuff. But but yeah, so they just went. Oh, this looks like the website. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just put in your credit card details there. Two million pounds. Off you go, and then wonder why why your PPE hasn't arrived. So it does. Uh, I it seems to me. I reckon knowing what it was like, certainly in the early days of the pandemic and stuff, and you couldn't get anything from anywhere. They were just happy they found a site that would sell them stuff, or they thought would sell them stuff. Do you know what I mean? They thought yeah. they were. Like, oh my god! If we haven't got this stuff, we're completely screwed. Um, and um, you know. And and this is what, and then they were screwed. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, and, and this is what all the scammers are relying on. Whenever there's a, a scam like this or, or or what have you, they're they're either trying to entice you with something that's your greed or your desperation or love or money. Yeah. it's all these emotional triggers that they're trying to find which one will work best in this scenario. And you're right, I, but you know, again, I, I'd understand it if it was. An individual who's not literate, who who just goes online and buys something, but when you're a state department, um, it, it seems yeah. like a very emotion based decision for, especially a German state. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, yeah, they obviously bypassed all their usual processes to to do this urgent this uh, urgent purchase, which yeah, probably because they had to, they couldn't get it yeah. anywhere else, you know, or you know, or or even. And and you don't know, but maybe this was, you know, two million is just a drop in the ocean for this particular state. I don't know. It does sound like a lot of money, but um Yeah. I mean someone's gonna, you know, question this. You know? <laughs> oh, of course. And it's taxpayer money at the end of the day as well. Yeah. That makes it even worse. But but yeah, I I, I can see that. I remember um in the early days of, of of the lockdown, lying awake at night wondering how the hell I'm gonna get pasta and toilet paper and you know um hand sanitizer because everywhere was sold out and scouring amazon uh for stuff and ended up buying you know 20 bottles of sanitizer because that's all i could get through this particular supplier on amazon and 10 kilo bags of pasta that never arrived but i did get my money back um do you know what i mean you just think oh my god i'll take anything at the moment you know um so you can understand the emotion, but as you as you rightly say, this this is a, a hell of a lot more than you know fifteen quid for ten bags of pasta, and um, and you would expect a little bit more rigor, you know, with taxpayers' money, you know, money that isn't yours at the end of the day, yeah, um, and is for the protection of of the people who are paying you to protect you, you know, so it's. Um, it's unsurprising but disappointing. Yeah, and this is why um, you know you have these processes that you follow. Um, you yeah. Know, in times of stress, um, you know, you continue to to follow that process. You know, it's a well documented path with the right controls in place. It's um, I'm doing um a webinar next week and um or webinars um I got I think I got five to to do next week and one of them is on the psychological not um. Well, not just the impacts, but the psychological um, processes that um, that uh, need to sh- or should be implemented during uh, incident response. Oh, 
okay. you know it's all very it's all very good looking at you know having a framework having a playbook or or whatever else you like to call it and you know whatever degree you agree or disagree with you know how um uh, how specific that should be, but actually, you should also have um, have it clearly documented who's looking out for signs of stress, who's controlling, uh, helping to sort of control the emotion in the room, who's looking out for the you know mental and physical well being of those involved in you know long you know long term um, yeah. re- response plans and all that sort of thing. Absolutely. So, you know, without wishing to, you know, sell this thing specifically, it um, it's a it's a panel I'm hosting. It does it sounds to be really interesting. I'm, that's one of the ones I'm, I'm specifically looking forward to. No, that that's absolutely right. I, I remember reading about uh, an incident years and years ago, like about a bank that um, its main office had a fire, but they had backup offices in place and they had like a hot hot recovery and everything, and within like. And the whole building was pretty much burnt out. Uh, but yeah. they managed to relocate everyone and, and what have you. And they were like, good, we got that there. But none of the staff wanted to work because they were so traumatized from having yeah. escaped <laughs> from a burning building. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They, they, did, they did, did they at least hand out sort of baby wipes to get the soot off? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But it, it's, it wasn't just for the day. It's, it's a long-term thing. I mean, some yeah. people just... Yeah, yeah. You know, especially if they they maybe they've been injured or they've seen a colleague get so seriously injured or burnt or something, and you know, I don't know, maybe even die. Um, yeah, they, know, they, or they feel guilty about throwing colleagues behind them as they escaped. Yeah, yeah, or or or, or leaving or not stubbing out the cigarettes and uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. smoking <laughs> in the office in the first place, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's so true. I mean, you know, these are you know, you you try and mechanize a process as much as possible and yet you completely forget the uh you know the organic part of the of, of the equation so yeah thank you very much jav that uh was this week's billy big balls of the week Little bit of a gap on that one, but yeah, uh, there was. But yeah. but you two went quiet, and I I panicked and realised I had to say something. You can't have dead air on. Fill here. that space. Fill that space. Don't I know. Need, uh, you know, like radio stations have that um, automatic. You know, when it's dead, it automatically plays a song. Oh really? Yeah. So this is you know in case there's a technical problem or you know that there's uh, it's happened a couple of times on uh, on radio stations where songs just started playing uh, but it's because there's too much of a pause between anyone saying anything like this you mean yeah exactly i shall implement that system straight away yeah and we, and we will have we'll have that song playing whenever you guys just probably about iron. 35 times an episode right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's gonna take a lot of bloody editing that is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just quickly add that scam um you know, this cloning a business, which uh, Jav just mentioned. Uh, I did read something earlier today about a um, lady who had her Instagram business cloned um, in August, like the last... The last what? Really? Business. Yeah, they, um, she had like a soap business or a beauty product business, and um, people set up the exact same thing um, with an extra O at the end, like, you know, where it says co, uh, you know, the end of it, little soap co or something. It had an yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, 
And so I think she was running a competition or something. And so what they did, they basically cloned this page and started contacting all of her followers um, or everyone that had commented to win this competition saying, right, congratulations, you've won. Um, you know, send us your, uh, your, your details. Um, and, yeah, I don't know what the, the end, you know, the end result of what they were looking for was, but uh, it's just a great, like, it's just so easy to clone stuff now, you know, if you're uh, targeting... But- but isn't that interesting? Because you know, Instagram, like Facebook, etc., it's an open platform, and if you if you do run that competition or something over an open platform like that, you can see exactly who your customers are. Yeah. Uh, whereas you know, traditional website or something like that, or you know, email in or click here to to enter, etc. The 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 non technical attacker wouldn't be able to leverage the people who had responded. Yeah. It's so but again it's about driving traffic. Um you know yeah. Instagram you're likely to see it's that horrible Facebook algorithm where you know it shows up in your feed if one of your friends has interacted with it or something, you know. Yeah. 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 It's it's a it's a double edged sword, you know, if you're not careful everybody can see who's who's buying from you and therefore who your customers are. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how you get sponsors. <laughs> apparently so apparently so so who who's do you remember what this soap company was called uh, little soap co little soap co well if you're listening little soap co this could be you host unknown sponsored by insert little name here soap co. <laughs> you said it had an extra row at the end yes uh, yeah the, the uh the fake guys did <laughs> Uh, it sucks. We shouldn't laugh because, uh, you know, there but for the grace of God or, yeah. you know, insert whomever you... Yeah. I mean, how would you feel if there was a whostunknown.tv or something? <laughs> yeah, maybe we can steal all their viewers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, no. We could, we, we could, we could uh, steal both of theirs and double ours. Yeah. <laughs> and also... Viewers of a podcast? Not sure that works. No, no. Uh, but, but but your mum will be like, Tom, you sounded very different on the podcast. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'll rock up. I'll rock up there one evening. There'll be a stranger there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. Have you met my son, Tom? <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, Andy, what do we know? What's what's coming up next? So this week we have. A veritable buffet of uh, uh, just the, the biggest variety of the latest and greatest security news. Uh, from our reliable sources over at the InfoSec, BA Newswire has been very busy. <laughs> go on, go on. Uh, <laughs> just, just bringing us the uh, latest and greatest stories from around the globe. Fantastic. It's not word for word, so I'm, I'm not well, I, Yeah, I... <laughs> you know, I I didn't actually have the show notes open at that point. <laughs> you, I was going to say, you, you went off script there, and I was I thinking, did. what the hell's going on here? This is not how we do things. I don't know. We, I'm, we, back. We, I'm back. We, I don't know. We, we, we mechanise this as much as possible, but it's the organics that always screw up. Yes. <laughs> this is just turnkey. Like, literally, any of us can be replaced. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll continue. <laughs> It reminds me of the Oscar awards. You know, when you have these actors who've been in loads of films, they get paid millions of films, and 
when they go up to announce the next awards, they're reading the auto cue and they're really struggling. <laughs> and they're screwed. Yeah, that's right. It's, uh, well, isn't that what pretty much happened at the Oscars a couple of years ago when um, they read out the, the the wrong winner? I don't remember that. No. Yeah, yeah, there was the wrong. Yeah, I remember the wrong. Oh god! Also happened on the Eurovision Song Contest nominations as well as I recall. Uh, anyway, um, so PA Newswire, busy greatest security news globe, blah blah blah. It's time for this week's industry news. Cybersecurity incidents account for a third of ICO reports in 2020. Industry news. Credit card skimmer hits over 1,500 websites. Industry news. Ransomware could be a major threat to 2020 election. Industry news. B-Sides London and 44Con cancelled 2020 conferences. Industry news. SMBs invest in cybersecurity budget and firewall technology. Industry news. Businesses fear insider-enabled data breaches. Industry news. Threat Connect acquires Nemaya security to add risk qualifier. Industry news. <laughs> and that was this week's... Industry news. Wow, I thought that list wasn't going to end today. Jeez. That was I, a, uh, yeah, I think someone's taken their feedback on board. I was going to say, InfoSec Stig has taken on board. Yeah. Uh, it's taken to heart our feedback. I think their boss must have listened to our, our plea last week and, yeah. and slapped them around a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Metaphorically speaking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or maybe not. Maybe that's all it took. Well, from a distance of two metres and in a group of no more than six. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sad news about the uh, B sides, B sides and forty uh, four. Yeah. yeah, so it would have been B sides tenth year, I believe. It was uh, that's right. Yeah. Year, wasn't it? yeah, tenth year anniversary. And um, forty four con is that'll be something like the seventh or eighth, isn't it? Something yeah, like shame. Yeah, but unsurprising. I know um, B sides Delhi, for instance. You know, which is my other favourite one, has has um, cancelled. Although they're running a virtual event now, so okay. Mm. They put it back to November just in case they could sort of squeeze it in, but uh, uh, couldn't couldn't change it in the end. So yeah, they're doing a virtual one. But yeah, it's um it's very disappointing, and I I, I must admit I, I kind of applaud the organisers of of both Forty Four Con and B Sides for not going on and doing a virtual conference because yeah sometimes conferences are known for their networking and stuff like that yeah um i understand why b-sides delhi didn't do it because it, it this would only be their fourth one i think they're sort of still finding their legs in that sense and i think it's in you know um important to maintain it but certainly these the uh b-sides london and 44 con are that much more established um and possibly they can afford to not run something this this year as well 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 yeah because because also what what it is like you said especially like the, these conferences there's the big attraction is the networking area in the center and they yeah. couldn't, they couldn't have had that this year no secondly you need to have like um temperature checks at the door and yeah. you you have to reduce the capacity to half so that you can spread people out and so it's basically you you have to sit in the the track and you have to sit in there all day and 
it just wouldn't be a good experience for no no not I, mean, I think just even getting people in through the door would have taken like a good few hours yeah and and also let's face it you just don't know what's happening so like from monday six people or or less yeah. right yeah you know uh, you, you could have put in all of this effort and in a week before you could have just had you know everything cancelled you know and that's a huge amount of effort and money um which for a you know a a, a, a charity ostensibly a charity and a non or a non-profit is is problematic at best i know i'm really so. gutted though because this year i got accepted to three international conferences and i had to do them all virtually one was in colombia one was in singapore and one was just on monday it was in cairo in egypt so i'm like oh, oh, i could have been traveling the world living the high life posting my instagram photos making people jealous but no had to do them all from my pajamas at home yeah yeah, I got I, I um when I moved into the new place, I I decided to organise all of my um old lanyards because I keep all the lanyards from conferences over <laughs> you know for the last ten years. So I got like ten hooks on the back of the door, and you know one for each year, and you can really spot twenty twenty. <laughs> all the others, I must have fifteen twenty on them. You know, apart from maybe the first few years where maybe I've got, you know, seven or eight, something like that. 2020's got two. You know, it's just, and that, that was January and February, basically. Um, it's really noticeable. You know, you know um, Pornhub every now and then releases some stats off their viewership. I'm sorry, uh, what's that site? It, I, yeah, it's on Twitter. I saw the... the, the <laughs> And do you remember a year or two ago in Hawaii, there was the uh, erroneous... Um, oh, the, uh, the, the missile warning system. Missile warning, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they released their stats, and there's like normal stats, normal, normal, normal. And then like when the missile notification goes out, their viewership drops down to like maybe one person in the whole island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one person was committed yeah. to that particular activity right there. Right. Maybe they didn't they didn't see their text. They were just too busy. Yeah. If uh, if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die with my best friend in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as it came out that it's a fake, it massively spiked up again. <laughs> And I think that will correlate perfectly with your lanyard collection. Yeah. <laughs> but unless, uh, you know, there's, um, just to, you know, bring the whole tone down, as uh, Jack brought it on to Pornhub, and, uh, you know, that, that one guy that's committed, you know, the, um, the the Japanese word, you know, I don't know how to pronounce it, uh, you know, correctly, but it's like uh, Ken Jatan or something, which is, it, it basically means like post-nut clarity. And it's like right. the initial <laughs> translation is wise man time. Uh, wise man time. You know, before you make any, you know, important decisions, you need to have this clarity. And, uh, you know, who's to say that this guy wasn't the smartest man out of everyone on that island? And uh, thinking, right, I need to make some very important decisions in a very short space of time. <laughs> but, you know, let, let, let me go to my old faithful playlist. <laughs> or or he, might, he might have them, you know, categorised by time. So he's got his sub-30 second playlist and then he's, uh, you know... Let's move on, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Sorry, Mum. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Um, 
So yeah, that was the uh, that was the industry news. That was very good. I I, I enjoyed that. And thank you, Infosec Steve. We do like a little bit of uh, a, a, a lot of content, um, and uh, uh, we we applaud your uh, commitment to your craft. Very very good. Um, okay, so let's move on. What have we got now? Uh, oh, we've got the sponsor jingle. Sponsored? Well, we've already done yeah, that. So yeah, we've done that. Sponsor? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or we could be sponsored by Pornhub. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what they would be hijacking. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, here we go. Let's go on to this week's rant of the week. Oh, so this one's me this week, isn't it? Yeah. I do divide out the content fairly. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, this is a, a controversial one. Uh, but fortunately, I'm not really active on social media, so I don't care. Uh, I'm not likely to see the fallout from there. <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to name and shame anyone. I'm not going to uh, pick on anyone in particular. Um, and even as I thought about this week's rant of the week, I was thinking, you know that uh, Simpsons episode where uh, Principal Skinner, he's sitting there and he's like, am I out of touch? He's like, no, it's the kids who are out of touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <that's> a, <laughs> and that yeah, does, yeah. Uh, you know, spring to my mind as I think about this. But uh, there seems to be a growing trend of uh, people either posting, uh, you know, I've seen it on LinkedIn, I have seen it on Twitter, it's probably on other social media sites, uh, of people who basically slag off companies, um, you know, where they didn't get jobs at. You know, so someone applies for a job, they didn't get it. Oh, yeah. Or they go and slag off the company and say, oh, this company was asking for such and such. It's ridiculous. They don't know what they're looking for. Uh, As if the fact that you didn't get hired is, um, you know, totally down to the company. Uh, Now, you know, as a hiring manager myself, this does concern me in that, um, you know, either me or my company could be misrepresented, um, you know, and, and trialed in the kangaroo court of social media. Um, purely because one person with a lot of followers didn't get. Are you reading this off a script again, Andy? No, <laughs> well, you can see you can see the show notes that I've got. Yeah, yeah. I have nothing here. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, Tom, let the man finish. I was really engrossed in what he was saying there. It's, it's when he said "kangaroo court of public opinion." I thought, bloody hell, he's done some research on this. <laughs> I'll be honest. I use that um, that saying a lot of work. Uh, when it comes to brand reputation. Um, so, you know, <laughs> it is literally, I can see this, uh, will you say anything we type here? No, I will. <laughs> no, so anyway, to get back to the point, um, I don't know when this started happening, and I don't know whether it is because I'm out of touch or because, uh, uh, you know, it's a growing trend. But obviously, the more followers you have, the more support you get. Um, yeah. And, you know, there are some very smart people, no doubt about it. Um, but to me, they come across as um, volatile, um, you know, and they would be an absolute nightmare to manage. Uh, you know, you can imagine yeah. having to, um, you know, either criticize their work or, um, you know, point out something that doesn't quite tally with what you're after. Uh, you know, straight away it goes on Twitter. I had this boss who was trying to, you know, suppress my freedom of opinion or something like that you know it's just a horrible situation um i think it comes across really bad for those people who um actually just go public with all these things and you know sort of call out companies um 
Yeah, purely because they didn't get the job. You know, there are many reasons why you may not be suitable for a role. Yeah. Um, and, and to instantly think that, you know, you're entitled to that job. Um, and if you don't get it, it's the floor of the uh, hiring manager. Um, it concerns me, really. And I the f- don't know yeah. what the fact, the fact that you're even willing to publicly say that probably tells me that they made the right choice. Yes. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I have seen another uh, sort of slant on it where people sort of uh, say, hey, um, you know, there's always like a real first intro owing to, you know, something, discretion or, or you know, uh, disagreement with my former employer. Um, you know, I'm now available. Um, you know, please uh, tell me why your company's the right fit for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> to me, you know, it comes across as arrogance. You know, I'm all for assertiveness and, you know, more yeah. power to you and, and self, self-belief. self But um, Yeah, but that should come across in the interview. It should, yeah. And also, you know, also what do you bring to the table? Uh, you know, it's a two-way yeah. street. It's not just about what the company exactly. it's, it's, it's a bit. It's a bit like, um, <laughs> this might be stretching the analogy a bit, but it's a bit like people going to shops and demanding to be served um, when actually, legally... The, the, you're not going in, you don't have a right to be served in a shop. The shop is offering to sell you something. There's, yes. the, it's, it's a, like a subtle distinction that basically means shops don't have to sell you anything if they don't want to. Yeah, um, and, and this is that whole, uh, you know, when people have the argument about legal tender. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to accept it. Uh, yeah, shops no, don't have no. to. <laughs> it just they, means that it is uh, something they can accept if they choose to. Yeah, precisely, and it's a similar thing here. It's kind of like it's not to <clears throat> it's not to mean that you have to be beholden to a company in order to get a job to them, and you don't have to grovel and all that sort of thing. But the principle is is that the company is offering to employ you. You're not offering to work for them. Yeah. Um, you know the tra- the transaction is is it's a um, the, the the offer of employment is a one way transaction, as it were. Um, yeah. You know, it becomes two-way when you accept that employment. Um, but you know, to, to before you even get that offer, to sort of be demanding to know what they are going to be offering you, etc. It just seems a little bit ass about face, if you see yeah. what I mean. Yeah. To, to to boil it down into a simpler analogy, uh, other than the convoluted one that Tom <laughs> just imagine a, <laughs> imagine a guy sees a girl at a bar. And he goes up to her and says, hey, you know, whatever, tries to chat her up. And she says no. And he comes back. And what does he say to all of his friends at the table? Oh, she's a stuck-up bee or whatever this, that, the other. <laughs> she's a lesbian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all, all those all those people that go on these talent shows and they don't get through or Dragon's Den or uh, Apprentice or Britain's Got Talent. Oh, yeah. And then they walk up. They'll know my name in a year. That's the biggest mistake they've ever made. <laughs> and then you never hear from them. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, I think I think that's fair play, Andy, because I think you know certainly on social media, they do, we do end up with a lot of people, you know, apparently paddling at the shallow end of the gene pool. Yeah, you know, and their, and their attitudes and as you say, self entitlement, um, and it, just generally speaking, you often hear people um, really conf confusing um rights to privileges you know people have people have very few rights in this world they have many privileges um 
you know, you have basic human rights, of course, all that sort of stuff, but everything else is virtually a privilege. And it's a privilege of either skin you know, color. Of what? Skin color. Yeah, potentially. Uh, I was going to say, you know, your birth status, as it were. You know, where where in a social hierarchy you're you're born, which country you're in, what kind of work you live, what city you live in, even, you know, the type of government that's in power in your country at time, and all that sort of thing. Everything is a privilege, uh, or most things are a privilege. You know, so it's um, it's uh, it's fascinating to see how people really confuse those two. So I think that there's two things, just just to, I suppose, the last point I'm going to make on this, there, there's two sides to the social media thing. One is obviously the people that come out and make these ludicrous claims. But the, the, then there's all the enablers that only hear one side of the story. And, yeah. You, know, yeah. You, and you, you really need to hear both sides of the story to figure out what happened or not. And you're only getting one side that my ex-boss was a tyrant and this, that, the other, which they might have been, but, you know, you can't make it, but then everyone's jumping to their defense. And, you know, it's, you, you only know this person through social media or maybe you've seen them speak at a conference, but you're not, maybe not at all. Maybe not at all. But you, you're not their friends. You don't know their ins and outs. You don't know all their, uh, what they like to work with. But all these enablers jump up and they're like, yes, we're sorry and retweeting and shame on that company and let's cancel that company and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we always get serious in the last 10 minutes? I don't know. Because we've run out of we run out of funny juice. It's like Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Andy's notes only have jokes in the first half stops wearing off like <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, thank you, Andy, for this week's Rant of the Week. I'm not even going to ask if we got a little people. You know, maybe uh, what we should do is do two half-hour episodes so we can stay funny for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I guarantee you the second one will be dreadful. No, it'll be like four, <laughs> two halves. We just like, we record a bit, have a 15-minute break and then come back. But leave it recording in between so that the, the listeners can go off for 15 minutes as well. <laughs> you know, uh, to- Tom's mum's sitting there listening to us thinking... Why do these guys think they're funny in the first half? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she knows I'm funny, but you two, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Anyway, thank you, folks, for listening. Uh, you've seen us through nearly another hour again. Um, I remember when we first said this was going to be like a 12-minute podcast. Yeah, I think that's laughable. Yeah, well, the very first one was, and but, we got a whole bunch of stuff in. But yeah, we also uh, used to sit in a room together and record it. Well, this is true. Yeah, and it was heavily, heavily edited as well. Yeah. Whereas I, I try and do as little as possible. There's one you're still editing from like four years ago, even <laughs> four, five. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're waiting for a death in the family first, aren't we? Yes. But uh, um, <clears throat> Mr. Daniel, if you're listening. <laughs> Um, anyway, gentlemen, thank you very much indeed for your time this week. Jav, thank you, sir. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you, Andy. Stay secure, my friends. Stay secure. Host Unknown, the podcast, was written, performed, and produced by Andrew Agnes, Javad Malik, and Tom Langford. Copyright 2015 or something like that.
insert legal agreements here as applicable and binding in your country of residence. We thank you. You know, you used to say you hated us at the end of every episode, Jav. I think you're, I think you're warming to us now. No, I think everyone knows that I hate you. I'm just, <laughs> you know, it's you know how they say it's the quiet ones you need to be worried about. Oh well, we've yeah. definitely got no worries about you then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I, I've stopped voicing my hatred and I just seize on the inside, <laughs> plotting my revenge. 